What up, party people? Happy Labor Day. Happy Monday. I know that there might be some of you out there that are working because Labor Day ain't just a day off for everyone, uh, unfortunately. But I'm recognizing those that are out there working in the warehouses, the factories, working on the streets, working out on the fields. And here in Los Angeles with those horrible fires going on, our firefighters um, and people that are volunteering and working that way. And some of the uh, LA County prisoners uh, are actually getting up there and working in the mountains as well. So shout out to them. Got a few things to get to today. Had a crazy, awesome, wild weekend of sports, whether it was hockey or basketball. And of course the NFL will kick off this week on Thursday. But yeah, let's get to the headlines and talk about the weekend that was. John Harbaugh, Michigan's coach, former coach of the San Francisco 49ers, led a protest uh, over the weekend against the fact that the Big Ten will not have a season, or at least will not look for a season, at least until the spring. This is, again, more outcry for the fact that the Big Ten, which features big schools like Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, they will not be playing this season, while the SEC, uh, we talked about it last week, the SEC, the Big Ten, or excuse me, Big 12, will actually kick off ACC as well. And the Big Ten is trying to figure out why they're not able to play. Jim Harbaugh said his team would be ready to play a game in a week. That's how quick they would be ready to go. They've been practicing Um, waiting for any sort of answer from their president, who's a little bit of aloof. Um, But unfortunately, this is where it is right now. College football is not safe. And for guys that aren't making any money, why are they going to sacrifice themselves to do this? There have been a lot of players that have opted out uh, in the SEC and some in the Big 12. Some in the ACC uh, players have opted themselves out as well. This will continue to be an issue. I don't think Big 10 football or Pac-12 football will resume until the spring, probably around March or April of next year, which would be very interesting to see college football in that time. If the money isn't right, folks, I'm telling you right now, those seasons will just be canceled. I know many people on this show or listening to this show aren't tennis fans. And I, like I said, I adore all of sports with the exception of soccer. I mean, I watch the World Cup and I'll watch the Euro Cup maybe a super cup game but it's completely asinine there's another episode in the pocket for that later if someone could come on this show and convince me that it's exciting and trust me i understand the game it's just not exciting to me but i watch tennis and this weekend novak Djokovic is the number one player in the world he is out of the u.s open not because he was defeated but he was disqualified he hit a line judge in the U.S. Open, and and that's why he's gone. Again, this is the number one player in the world, and they had a cranky moment that has happened before, uh, where they accidentally have hit somebody, not for Novak per se, but he's he's kind of a whack job. I like watching him because he is the best player in the world. Uh, but there will be somebody this year that will win the U.S. Open, and an unknown be the which number one would be kind of cool player in the world so, that is the most heavily favored, at least usually in these kinds of tournaments. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that, but at the same time, Novak, calm it down, man. Calm it there. Deshaun Watson just signed an $177 million deal for four years 
over you know 111 million or so is guaranteed but pat mahomes deshaun watson the highest paid qbs patrick mahomes deshaun watson russell wilson all three are african-american how about that love it nfl getting these guys paid uh they're followed by ben roethlisberger aaron Rodgers, and (laughs) jared goff is fifth um but i guarantee you the check is going to come for lamar jackson and Dak Prescott may get a check, but it might not be with your boys. It might not be with them Cowboys, unfortunately. Um, I think it would be great if he had a great season and told them to kick rocks. I think that'd be fucking hilarious. He went to like the Jets or something. But the African-American quarterback has arrived in the NFL. They are here. They're here to stay. I am going to do an episode on Wednesday and really kind of dissect this. Did racism fuck up your NFL team? Did it have it draft a quarterback that was not worthy of playing the position? Mm. That's a, a little bit of a teaser for Wednesday. The Dallas Stars and Las Vegas Golden Knights will be competing in the Western Conference Finals. And the Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Islanders, who I am rooting for desperately, are competing in the Eastern Conference Finals of the National Hockey League. A couple of good game sevens uh, over the weekend. The Islanders shutout was awesome to watch. It just was great to watch a team actually put it all together. Remember, the Islanders have been terrible for years. Terrible. Abysmal. Uh, the hope that is that is <laughs> every resident Long Islander right now. The hope that they have for their New York Islanders to put something together and win this whole thing. I have it too. I've caught Islander fever. I hate the Golden Knights. I'm glad they're down already 0-1 to Dallas. Don't really give a shit about Dallas. Tampa Bay, Florida is the worst sports fan base in the world. They are the most flip-floppy fan base ever. I have a couple of friends from Miami. They're great. They seem to understand it. But most of Florida, like generic Florida, is just not even a casual fan. They're just that bad. They're, they're, they're not. The loyalty is just, it's not there. But um, their hockey team somehow seems to be in the mix constantly. The Tampa Bay Lightning, definitely not the Florida Panthers. You watching hockey yet? I hope you are. Please be watching hockey. I'm going to continue to just push this on you uh, until the uh, playoffs are done. And the NBA bubble continues to impress and be fun. Um, Unfortunately, the Milwaukee Bucks look like they're on their way out. Even though they did win yesterday's game, I still see them now getting bounced, unfortunately. I had them winning this series in six against the Heat, but Giannis has been hurt. I take back what I said. I tweeted about it last week that I thought he was soft and, and might be, maybe. I, I tore my ankle tendons earlier this, this year uh, before COVID and it sucked. And as a tall person had a similar six five, Giannis is about seven feet. He just gets shot up with cortisone. That, that's, that's hard to, to walk on and, and up and down his leg. Luka I don't know. Doncic I don't know what to say, but had, I thought the Bucks would win this series in six. Looks like they're going to lose in five. Actually, and the Heat are for real. I will be apologizing. I apologize. to every Heat fan I know, and there are some of them out there that are like legit Heat fans that know about the times of like Tim Hardaway and Alonzo Mourning, like legitimate Heat fans. Lakers Rockets are tied up, as well as what's been a really intriguing series: Toronto and Boston. I still think Boston will win in six, but that has now tied up. And brings me to the Clippers and the Nuggets. Clippers dominated game one. 
just absolutely mopped the floor with Denver. And you could see that there might be a little bit of fatigue coming into Denver as they as they had a grueling seven-game series against the Utah Jazz. And then game two happened. Denver switched on bully defense, bully ball actions, and that's what leads me to my main meet today. So what what is bully ball? Well, it originally is conceived that the paint in the NBA, that rectangular, circular thing in the middle, right, right by the hoop, right under the hoop, excuse me, is where things get dirty. And normally big men have dominated the game. Guys that are over six foot ten have dominated the game in that. And you can think of Shaq, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dikembe Mutombo. These are big dudes that didn't let you come into their house and just put up points and lay the ball up. You were going to get mostly blocked, usually. Um, or you would have to draw like a foul, things of that nature. And I think that bully ball is a philosophy that most teams don't have in this current status of the NBA. There are certain players that do have it. There is one coach that preaches it currently. The coach that preaches it and his whole team seems to act this way is Doc Rivers. And the Clippers have been this way for quite a minute. I think since Doc Rivers took over that team, the Clippers have been a team that has enacted the bully ball philosophy. And Chris Paul has it. LeBron James can turn it on if he wants to. If LeBron James had this mentality 100% of the time, I think LeBron, LeBron James would have more titles under him. Um, Russell Westbrook has it, though he plays a little out of control with it. P.J. Tucker, who's also on that Rockets team, has it. And what, what it is, is it's a toughness. It's an intangible toughness to get under the skin of an opposing player and throw your body at reckless abandon to the basket. I'm going to get to the Clippers Nuggets in a second here. But last night I saw Rajon Rondo, who has won a championship, who was coached by Doc Rivers, by the way, with the Boston Celtics, went to two NBA finals with that man. He was guarding James Harden perfectly in this new NBA. Now there's some things that I'm meaning the rise of the perimeter offender the offensive barrage of perimeter shot making, mostly from the three-point line, the rise and players like Steph Curry, the rise of, you know, the Splash Brothers and Klay Thompson. And what really led to this? Well, there was one simple rule that was taken out kind of about mid-2000s was the hand check rule. Now, it's funny because Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Perimeter guys, they had to deal with that consistently, consistently over the course of their careers. And then Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, their first three championships, they had to deal with that too. The San Antonio Spurs run that they had in 99, 2003, and eventually 2005 and 2007. uh, But by that time, they had guys like Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker helping Tim Duncan win what would be part of his fifth title collection or five title collection. But this hand check rule is where you could place your hand on the body, on the torso. You could jab your hand on a player. 
you could actually move the direction of a dribbler to any side that you felt comfortable defending them. As long as you weren't reaching into their dribble hand where they, you know, the ball is being dribbled. And even then, you could have your hand underhanded kind of go in there and try to swipe. So you can have your left hand, if you're a right-handed player, you could have your left hand on the body of someone trying to sway them on their off-ball side. And then on ball, you could be basically swiping underhand, kind of like a, a underhanded throwing motion to the basketball. That is not the case anymore. That changed really around 2005 or six, And the reason that changed was because, unfortunately, my friend Ryan's going to hate it, but it's true. The San Antonio Spurs won in 2003, 2005, and 2007, and were categorized as the most boring team to watch. A lot of people turned off the NBA in those years because for some reason, they didn't like watching real basketball. The San Antonio Spurs are a big rival of my hometown favorite Los Angeles Lakers. But I don't disrespect them. Greg Popovich is still there. He is still coaching. He's the longest tenured coach in the last 20 years, I think. He has to be. But the thing is, is that his team plays fundamental basketball. Tim Duncan isn't the superstar that sells you cars or sells you apps or these new things nowadays. He's the quiet guy. Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker were grinders. They weren't superstar guys. They were developed by a system. And obviously when that system was out of there or when Tony Parker left, they didn't flourish anywhere else. They didn't do well. It was the, t- the end of the Shaq and Kobe era, which are two prominent superstars. You know how big those personalities are. And then it was the beginning of the LeBron era. Even though LeBron James is just a man amongst boys just because of his physical prowess and freak of nature stature. I mean, he is built like a god. But the NBA was, saw how the way that the San Antonio Spurs were playing basketball. And they were playing the good old-fashioned hand-check bully ball style. The hand-check was officially written out of the rule book in 2004. But it was, had old-school referee mentality, and especially during the playoffs, they let them play a little bit. So they were using it. And by the time 2010 rolled around, it was abolished. It was gone. You couldn't do certain things to certain players. This is where we are now. So you've seen the numbers go up for players shooting. Analytical guys will tell you, shoot the three, you're going to get more points. Well, no shit. It's one extra point more than a regular bucket. So you're getting all these sharpshooters. You look at the Houston Rockets right now. They are a small ball team. There is no big man underneath. For as much as I see Anthony Davis and JaVel McGee or Giannis Antetokounmpo get fouled underneath, it's kind of part of what being a big man is. You take your bumps. Perimeter guys now, like Kawhi Leonard and James Harden, they can grab you a little bit. They know what the hand check or the supposed hand check looks like. If you watch James Harden play, you watch Kawhi Leonard play, you watch these dudes, they are master craftsmen at drawing the foul. Kobe Bryant learned how to do that too. This is a guy that played 
kind of during the end of the hand check era and then post hand check era, Kobe Bryant knew how to draw a foul like nobody's business because he knew the rules. And that's where it comes down to can you still do bully ball in this new era? My answer is yes. I have watched the Clippers all season long, led by Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly, bully teams psychologically and physically. They'll throw away a foul or two to get their point across. And I, I always say, say that, that you have six fouls to play with, really five before you're kind of in red alert to be taken out of a game because six fouls throws you out. But I always say that you've got maybe two fouls to not to make a point. And there are stupid fouls, no doubt. Fouls that you shouldn't commit. Go, Go see, see Anthony Alex Caruso, Caruso for about that. that. But there but. are some fouls that you can spread around to make a point. Back in the day, in the 80s, not too far back, Larry Bird would get hammered going to the hole. Isaiah Thomas, who was on the Detroit Pistons, if he tried to go up against Kareem or Bill Ward, he'd get um, tossed around. Michael Jordan developed his training regimen to get bigger because the bully Pistons, led by Bill Lambeer and Joe Dumars, those guys would punk Jordan if he ever tried to get in there. And, and he did, and he would still score, but that, that's how you had to do it. It's a compliment to beat up people. It is. It's a compliment on your game. How good you are. Can I get under your head? Can I physically tire you out and then mentally destroy you? Can you beat me? Jordan has proven that. And actually, I was really impressed. Busted ankle and all by Luka Doncic because the Clippers bullied the hell out of him. They bullied, they took fouls, they fouled him really hard. They fouled him hard enough not to make it look flagrant because now we have these things called flagrant fouls where it looks like you're maliciously trying to hurt someone. But he still scored his 36, 40 points. If he had Christos Pozingis in this series previously, they probably would have won. The Mavericks are that good. But unhealthy, unlucky, you move on. But that's what the Clippers do. They, they bark at you. They get under your head. That's what you have to do now in the, in the new NBA. You have to particularly look at who's my enforcer, who's the guy at the end of crunch, at, during crunch time that I don't really need around, that I'm okay to lose. I'm okay to live with him not being there. And when do I take my shots? And last night, I saw Rajon Rondo play James Harden kind of one of the best defenses I've ever seen. It's almost like a, a Lance Stevenson type of player. Uh, just get in his head. Rajon Rondo, more offensively gifted than Lance Stevenson, sure. More of a veteran, and he also has the hardware and was part of a championship team and was coached by Doc Rivers. That's not a coincidence to me. Rajon Rondo would lean into James Harden. He would, which is not a foul, to lean your shoulder. He would rest his head on James Harden, which is not a foul, by the way. I mean, he's sweaty, and during the time of COVID, it can be kind of gross. But he would do these little tiny things to get under his skin enough. And then my boy Alex Caruso would show up into the game and play the new type of defense with your, with your hands out, your butt low, and you're not being physical at all. And then James Harden would torch him up. It goes to show you that bully ball still works. It's still there. You just have to find a new way to do it. So now going all the way back to this Nuggets Clippers series. That game two, Denver was like 
come in the paint. I dare you. That was the mentality the Denver Nuggets had in that game too. Come into the paint. I dare you. And it showed. The Clippers got frustrated. They had a taste of their own medicine. Kawhi Leonard's an excellent mid-range finisher. I mean, he is uncanny. It looks like he's not even working out. Like he doesn't even break a sweat. And Paul George, I've always said, is one of the, just, he's kind of soft, pretty much. He acts really tough and he, he's a great shooter, but when he gets in his own head and gets his own way, he's on, turn the lights out. It's done. Go home. Book it. You can ask the Indiana Pacers against the Miami Heat who didn't finish those series back in the, uh, you know, the, the tens. So Denver was playing ball. And if the referees see that you are intentionally looking for that ball constantly, they don't call as many fouls, which is something that I'm noticing as a trend going on here. If you look like you're playing the ball with malicious intent, the basketball itself, you can be absolved from your fouls. It's really tricky to do, but the Denver Nuggets were doing a really fantastic job of that. And I'm really interested to see what game three looks like because if you shut down the paint, and I've said this in this new NBA, if you shut down the paint and stop bothering three-point shooters on the perimeter, you most likely win the game because three-point shooting, living and dying by the three, it doesn't really work. So bully ball exists it just, you have to be very, very careful with it. This isn't the shootout at, in 1984, or like punching people or, you know, going into the stands. And that's okay because I don't think the sport should be a Saturday night at a bar and a shootout. But even Co- Steve Kerr, who coaches the person that takes advantage of this anti-hand check rule, or no, excuse me, no hand check rule, he coaches Steph Curry. Steve Kerr even said, we need to figure out a better way to help defensive players get back into the game. I know everybody thinks scoring is so sexy. Chicks dig the long ball. I'm a baseball fan. Trust me, a home run is exhilarating. But I guess the patience of our American society can't take a 0-0 game when both pitchers are just making hitters look like fools. Or a defensive stalemate in football. People just don't get it. They don't like when receivers are getting jammed at the line and they don't like the fact that there aren't flashy passes that float through the air and land in a receiver's hands. There needs to be, there needs to be scoring. I'm a victim of it with soccer. Okay, I will say that. I'm a victim of this. I am, or I'm guilty of this with soccer. Soccer needs more shots on goal. It does. I don't care if the scores won nothing but I want to see at least 30 shots on goal. I want 30 opportunities from either side to have on goal. It's impossible because there's an offsides rule that just negates that kind of play because you have to play it in the midfield, which makes it boring for me. Basketball, I love watching defensive plays. Pitchers duel in baseball, I'm in for it. Defensive struggle in football in the NFL can be a little, it can be a little boring. It can get, get under your skin a little bit. Um, I think that's because there's so many damn commercials with football. I think there's so much stoppage of like every new possession you got to throw in another commercial. I wish if there was more breakdown and analysis of the actual defensive plays, people would actually get into it. But back to basketball here, bully ball. Bully ball is 
developed in a different way. And, the, and it's no coincidence to me that the teams that, em, and that implore it and the players that use it all the time are, are hanging around right now. I think that Miami, Jimmy Butler, is that kind of a cat. He's that kind of a dude. He is down to get under your skin. And he also proves it on the offensive end as well. I really, really like him as a player. I've always, and he, I'm glad he got out of Philly because that was dramatic as fuck. Nobody needs that. And then you look at the Clippers and the way they've played bully ball all season long. They've, they've been doing it under Dark Rivers. I take that back. They've been doing it under Dark Rivers ever since he got there. Blake Griffin wasn't bully ball material, folks. I'm sorry. He was not. DeAndre Jordan, pretending sometimes, I think. The guys they have now buy into it. They believe in it. Kawhi Leonard can get dirty, too. Is Paul George going to show up when his number is called? We will get to see. The Denver Nuggets figured it out in game two. Nobody in my house. Nobody in my paint. And isn't it funny that it's more that interesting, it's more right, interesting now to watch right now to watch basketball? Because the perimeter darling, Steph Curry, isn't out there doing what Steph Curry does. I guarantee you if Steph Curry, when they come back next year, the Golden State Warriors, because they will be at full strength, they're going to run into this Clippers team. It's not going to be pretty. I've been wanting to see it all year. And I'm not even a Clippers fan. But I've been wanting to see this all year to really, really point out that the, the game has adjusted into a new era of bully ball. A new era of playing stout defense. The Lakers can kind of turn it on and off because they have LeBron James that can do it. Anthony Davis, it remains to be seen if he could be that guy. We will find out at the end of this season who those players are because I will tell you this. Most of the teams that win championships in the modern era, and I'm talking 80 to now, 1980 to now, that's my modern era. And I know you're going to be like, Max, you're crazy. And I'm like, no. Do you care about basketball in 1970? Did you? Well, Max, I wasn't born yet. Neither was I. But damn, I've got video of Magic and Larry and Isaiah and Clyde the Glide and Dr. J. And I love watching those highlights. I love watching those games. They're fantastic. And it's like, dude, these guys are like straight off the factory, man. They will punch you in the face and then go eat a hot dog right after the game. It, it, it's a different type of era. Sports was in a different type of place, but it was the beginning of everyone having a legit color television in their set. I talked about it in my last episode. The 80s were the time where a lot of people were built up to own a ton of possessions and things. Technology, commercials, advertising were at the peak. They were, they, they, everything's been more refined, but that was the beginning of everyone being exposed to popular culture all at once. So the modern championships of those decades, I'm just going to read you the list of the teams in the past 40 years that have won an NBA title. Just look at this. Since 1980, Lakers, Lakers, Rockets, Sixers, Trailblazers, Celtics, Pistons, Bulls, Rockets, Spurs, Mavericks, Heat, Warriors. 
Cavaliers. Raptors. That's it. Nothing else. Nobody else. And there are teams that have won multiple. Has done it. And, and those teams, have, teams won have won multiple. Lakers and Celtics included very much highly in that category. And the Warriors, of course. LeBron James as a player. Because if you go back and watch those series and watch the way those teams participated, no matter how much the game's rules evolved, they played bully ball. The Golden State Warriors, to me, might be the only outlier of my hypothesis or my argument. I believe that the Warriors are the only outlier. Though they have an enforcer in Draymond Green, and him punching LeBron James in the dick cost them another title, but that's what it is. You have to turn it on. You have to turn it on when, when the lights get bright. And so bully ball is here. It never really went away. It's not just for big men anymore. It has to be for perimeter guys. And there was a lot of perimeter guys actually growing up that were fantastic. Gary Payton, Dennis Rodman, of course, and Michael Jordan, the superstar, the man who should probably be the logo right now. Michael Jordan, watch the last dance. Michael Jordan was defensive team all the time. Not only MVP, but defensive team. He was the greatest. I think Michael Jordan's still the greatest NBA player to ever play this game. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. Screw NBA. I mean, NBA brings the best players in the world, but Michael Jordan can take them all down. Anyone. He was the best. Defensive player. Defensive minded. Grit. Grind. Bully. And he would talk shit. So much shit. Reggie Miller could do it too. It's fun to go watch these guys. It still exists. It's still here. The one thing I don't like are fouls after three-point shooting are very much more sensitive now. Reggie Miller even talked about this. This is the greatest three-point shooter of all time, maybe the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Top five, right? Ray Allen and him included. He even said, this is ridiculous. If I was shooting in this era, I'd average 45 points because the way I landed, people would touch me, quote-unquote, touch me improperly improperly at average 45 points no problem yeah and in the hand check era or the minus the hand check era michael jordan would probably average 80 points it's just the way it is so i hope you've enjoyed this i hope you understand what bully ball is i see you pulling up to meet me in your car i'm gonna leave you now with a band that i discovered called the millennial club they are awesome. They're really, really, really good. I really love the blend of 80s pop and also this kind of John Mayer 90s beat driven stuff going on with these guys from Southern California, of course. Uh, they have a lot, a lot of catchy hooks. And this song, like I do, has become my favorite. So definitely check them out on Spotify and all the streaming sites out there. And we will catch up on Wednesday from my controversial NFL topic. <laughs>